The Country Sport Breakfast with Brian Kelly. Thanks to NetSpeed. Get unlimited rural broadband today. Gold Sport. Our US correspondent Amy Thaler has returned from a short trip to, where'd you go? Lisbon, Amy, good morning. Lisbon, yeah, good morning. Lisbon and then uh, gorgeous Indianapolis, Indiana here in the States, <laughs> which has got a lot of cornfields, yeah. Oh, and you're getting into winter now, so th- the temperatures are dropping over there? Oh, yes. In fact, I woke up this morning and it was well below zero here, and when I was in Indiana- Indianapolis... It was bitter, bitter cold, wind chills like, I don't know, negative, negative 10 or something. It was crazy. It was a, a harsh wake up to, to winter coming back from Lisbon where it was, you know, gorgeous well, you've and come, warm and sunny. You've come back to an interesting country where you've had the midterm election. Uh, Elon Musk has fired everybody and creating <laughs> havoc. I mean, where do we start this morning? Well, I'm going to start following up on the elections from two weeks ago because that's always interesting and kind of key to America, right? Right, Um, right. We talked about three scenarios happening, right? Nothing changes. The House goes to the Republicans or both the House and the Senate go to the Republicans. Well, it was a nail-biter for the Democrats. The Senate races took a few days to determine, Arizona and Nevada being the last races to push the Dems over the line. And what the election really indicated was that the candidates that were aligned with Trump weren't elected. Uh, Moreover, the candidates known as election deniers that ran for the top election official spot in battleground states lost. So with the control of the Senate, Biden and the Dems will be able to strongly influence the judiciary. We talked about that a couple weeks ago and more effectively counter the swell of investigations from the now Republican controlled lower chamber of the House. Their control, however, is slim and not the red wave that they projected. Kevin McCarthy was nominated to serve as the Speaker of the House. And Nancy Pelosi, after historic two decades in party leadership, announced that she will be stepping down from her role and not be pursuing leadership role in the next Congress. She said it was time for a new generation to lead. And now there's lots of jockeying on that role with a few top contenders, Hakeem Jeffries from New York, Captain Clark of Massachusetts, and Peter Aguilar of California. So we'll see who ultimately comes out on top. The other big story while you were away, of course, you've probably been following it, is, is uh, Mr. Musk from Muskville and, <laughs> and all the hirings and not so much firings or, or the firings and not the hirings. Yeah, I just can't stop talking about Twitter as it's such a great case in how not to do a takeover of a company, and how not to treat your workforce. Last week, Musk sent an email to the remaining tweets, right? That's what we call the Twitter employees, (laughs) giving them a deadline of 5 p.m. Thursday Eastern time to decide if they want to stay or go. Um, If they stay, they get the privilege of, quote, working long hours at high intensity, and if they leave, three-month severance. He also mentioned that Twitter needs to generate more income or file for bankruptcy. Well... That wee little love note resulted in something like 1,200 tweets giving Musk the bird. (laughs) Then Friday morning, Musk was sending all-call emails for, quote, anyone that actually writes software to please report to the 10th floor and wanting to learn more about their tech stack, meaning the software and the systems that the um, platform's actually built on. Then one that asked for some folks to fly to HQ to meet in person. So I'm not sure anyone would have thought two years ago, BK, that Twitter would ever cease to exist, but this little birdie may, in fact, go poof. Finally, a lesson there and how not to take over a company. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you got a little bit uh, today too on the FTX uh, crypto debacle. Yeah, so another business on the brink, or really another industry, is crypto. And my friend that I traveled to, uh, Lisbon, when she was just glued to her phone the entire time, because she works in the NFT space, which is tangentially related. So FTX, the Bahama-based cryptocurrency exchange, I don't know if you were hearing as much about it as we were, but it was worth about $32 billion a week or so ago and was founded by a 30-year-old Sam uh, Bankman-Fried just imploded. So what happened? It's a bit more complicated than the crypto market is just new and unregulated, although that plays into it in a big way. The simplest explanation I saw that makes sense is this. FTX, like other currency exchanges, allows people to buy and sell currencies, right? Right. And in their case, it's digital, and they held billions of dollars of customers' deposits. So FTX's founder, SBF as he's known, or Sam, also founded an investment fund that traded those cryptocurrencies called Alameda Research. But then Alameda Alameda needed some cash. And, oh, look, FTX has a bunch of cash. Well, we'll just take a little from them because no one will notice, right? Well, some people did notice, and they got worried. And then there was a run on the bank, like back in the old days, and boom, FTX is in bankruptcy. Well, they were in bankruptcy with more than 1 million creditors. And, you know, commingling funds is a big bank no-no and is likely going to lead to charges and lawsuits. But the really interesting thing to me is I read an article that talked about that the documentation and the administrative backup of FTX's back office is so bad, it may actually make things hard to prove because there's just no documentation of anything. And when there's no documentation and no paper trail, how are the regulators and the law and, you know, investigators going to prove anything? So it turns out that having very little experience in running a company may actually be beneficial. And it's actually interesting to note that SBF was a large investor in Musk's Twitter deal. Ooh. Or he was, yeah, he was until he didn't have any money left. So <laughs> uh, SBF was replaced as CEO by John Ray, who is the same CEO that was brought in to take Enron through its bankruptcy. So there's really a lot more to this crazy story, and I'm just looking forward to the Netflix movie when it comes out. Oh, it'll be very interesting. Open up a Pandora's box. Hey, Amy, great to have you back. Great to chat. Have a great week. Thank you. You too, BK. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy. You've got a girl. Get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl. You get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.